would open your Bible to Psalms chapter 100. I know this is a very familiar psalm, but as I mentioned in the earlier lesson, it's good for us to be reminded. Here in verse 1, Psalms 100, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. This psalm of all the 150 of the psalms, this is the only one that's entitled, and probably in most of your Bibles it says, it just says a psalm of praise or a psalm of thanksgiving. They said this psalm was probably sung when the sacrifices of thanksgiving were offered. In Leviticus 7.12, If he offer it for a thanksgiving, then he shall offer with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes mingled with oil, and unleavened, unleavened wafers anointed with oil, and cakes mingled with oil of fine flour fried. Someone said, and I thought this was a good statement, if we would enter into the spirit of this psalm, every day would be a Thanksgiving day. This psalm is all ablaze with grateful adoration. Adoration, praise. I'm glad you sung that song, Jeff, that second one. And you notice both those songs were sung by Fanny, written by Fanny Crosby. You know, praise, it's God help us to praise him, to glorify him and be thankful for him, for who he is and what he's done. And it's for this reason, because it's ablaze with adoration, it's been a great favorite with the people of God all down through the ages Martin Luther used to say, we're going to sing the old 100th. It's been put to words many times and been put to music. It is almost like the temple is open and we have the privilege to come into his presence. And we should come, you would think. Now in the Old Testament, you know, it talks about entering to his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. <clears throat> There was the, the temple, there was the holy place, and then the holies of holies, and then there was an outer court. Then there was the court of the Gentiles. That's as close as they could get. Then the Jews, you know, they, they maybe could get a little closer, but nobody, nobody entered that holies of holies except one man at one time a year and not without blood. But through his grace and mercy, we can come boldly to the throne of grace we enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts, his courts, with praise. As I thought about this, 
I thought about the temple being opened and us having the privilege to come into the presence of the king. I thought about when our Lord come riding into Jerusalem in Luke 19, 32, and they, and they that were sent went their way and found, even as our Lord had said unto them, and as they were loosing the colt, the owner thereof said unto him, Why loose ye the colt? And they just said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the coat, and they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. They're not quiet about it. They are rejoicing with a loud, can you imagine? I, I could see most of them, how it is, in, you know, just real solemn, you know. You know, nobody making a lot of noise. These people are excited. They know, they know who this one's coming. This is, this is the king. Riding into Jerusalem, this is the king, not riding a white horse, riding up on the back of a donkey. Praising God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples, tell them to be quiet. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. That's who he is. He said, I'm not, you imagine as he comes and they're going, who, who, who's this guy? He's the king of glory. He's the mercy seat. He's the atonement. This is the king. Why did he ride in? To die for his people. Ride in. I love that song. I like for us to sing it sometime. Ride on, ride on, ride on, majestic, ride on. But here in verse 1, he says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Notice the word Lord in these verses. It is all capital letters. You see it there in verse, verse 1, verse 2. Verse 3 and verse 5. Now in verse 4, the word Lord is not actually put there, but the personal pronoun, I'm going to pretend like I know just a little bit of English. The personal, I counted, and there's, there's 11 personal pronouns in these verses, in these five verses. But just in verse 4, it says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and to his courts with praise, be thankful unto him and bless his name. Now, who would that happen to be? Well, it's the Lord. So this psalm is all about praising the Lord. When it's Lord, all capital letters, that has reference to Jehovah. Isaac asked Abraham, said, Lord, he said, we don't have a lamb. How are we going to worship God without a lamb? The Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. He's the Lord that healeth thee. He's the Lord, our banner. Who is that? That's Christ the Lord. All the praise is about him. 
about him. You know, I, I love to just watch sometimes, just watch football games just to watch the people in the stands. You know, they get, they get real excited, don't they? <laughs> you know, I heard somebody say one time, you know, they, you, they score a touchdown and they just act a fool. They said, somebody told them, so why don't you act like you've been there before? <laughs> but, you know, you think this is our Lord. When I think that he, that he sent his son to die in my place, to put away sin, I scarce can take it in. Who loved me and gave himself for me. This psalm is not just for the Jews. It's for the, Jew, the Gentiles also. Like I said, the Gentiles had the outer court. They couldn't go in farther than that. He said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. <clears throat> joyful noise, something that can be heard. When the prodigal son came home, there was joy and, and gladness and singing. But the older brother didn't enjoy it. He's not rejoicing, but everybody else was. And he couldn't understand why they was rejoicing. He couldn't understand because he didn't know anything about grace. When our hearts are filled with devotion and thanksgiving, it's hard to keep it to ourselves. David said, he anointeth my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. It begins in the heart. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But it cannot stay there. All ye lands. What he's saying here, that everyone ought to praise the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. We ought to express our joy and praise. The Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Or let everything that hath breath thank him. You imagine what they have to be thankful for. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. He gives them breath to breathe. He gives them jobs. He gives them strength. He gives them sanity. He gives it to them. I'd heard, I don't know why this little song came to my mind when I was preparing the message, and I think this is just the chorus of it. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and so free. Somebody knew something about praise. Verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence <clears throat> with singing. You know, it is a delight to serve the Lord, to serve him. He's not, he's not a hard master. Remember when our Lord gave the talents and he gave one man a talent and he went and buried it in the, in the ground or hid it and, and he wasted it? And he said, you're a hard. 
You're just hard to work for. No, he's not. He's gracious. He's kind. He's merciful. Serve the Lord. How? With gladness. As I thought about this, you know, and sometimes you see a lot, you know, and I, I don't know if we just do it out of habit. I hope it's not just a habit, you know, you go in a restaurant or somewhere and you ask somebody, how are you doing? You know, just trying to strike up a conversation. Then they go, well, I'm just having such a bad day. I'm the only one here and they won't take care of me. I've been here since 3 o'clock in the morning and i got another five hours. I'm going. <laughs> they're not doing it with gladness. They're, they're just, they don't, they don't enjoy it. But serve the Lord. David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Serve who? The Lord. With gladness. <laughs> We ought to yield to him and serve him how? With a glad heart. I know at times we are sad. But it is just, it is really a joy to serve him. Whether it's somebody reading the scriptures, or somebody singing a song, or somebody leading a song, or somebody playing the piano. Do it with gladness. And it blesses our hearts. And you know what? We worship together. Serve the Lord with gladness. I'm glad he's God. I'm glad I'm his. Glad. I'm very happy about it. Oh, come into the presence of the king with singing. I thought about Nehemiah. You remember Nehemiah? He was the king's cupbearer. And you didn't come into the king's presence sad. And he had a sad countenance. And he was disturbed because the king said, Nehemiah, what's wrong with you? Why are you so sad? And he explained to him because he was burdened for his family there in, uh, in Jerusalem. But we come into his presence with singing. I love to go sit out on the porch in the summertime in the morning and just hear the birds sing. Just sing praises unto him. As I thought about the, the lesson or the message this morning, Caitlin, my youngest daughter, when she was little, she wasn't about six or seven years old, where we lived. We lived back off of the road, and, you know, there was several driveways, so she could ride about anywhere she wanted to on a little four-wheeler. She'd put that little helmet on, and she'd just be riding around. And you know but what she'd be doing? She'd be singing the whole time. And she'd be a pretty good ways away, and you could hear her coming just to sing, and you know why? She was happy. And my sister-in-law, she even noticed it. She said, boy, she's such a happy child. <laughs> you know why? Didn't have a care in the world. Ain't it going to bother me. Daddy's going to take care of me. I'm just out here just, just having a good time. Just singing. Coming to his presence with singing. Singing. With singing. Matthew Henry said, gospel worshipers should be joyful worshipers because I thought about coming to his presence with singing you know there's just something about singing singing from your heart just singing just singing and thinking about what our Lord has done what he's accomplished for for us I thought about Paul and Silas they were beaten for preaching the gospel it would have been easy to be cast down. It would have been easy to be discouraged. But God had brought them to this prison to save this jailer. That's why they were put there. They were serving him. 
And they were there, and it said in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the Lord heard them. I thought about it. I wonder, how, I wonder which psalm they were singing. They could have been singing Psalms 100. We don't know. But they began to pray. Well, thank you for your grace and your mercy. And they began to sing. I'd, I think you could have probably heard a pin drop. This is probably a damp, cold place. Other men maybe have been groaning, but I think when they started, this is just my opinion, when he started to sing, they all got real quiet. And God shook that place. Because it said, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. And that jailer ran in and said, what must I do to be saved? But when it was so dark, they were praising and singing praises unto him. We should be glad when we come and, and are able to worship. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You know, it's hard to sing. They asked, they told the children of Israel, I can't remember what psalm it was. I think it's Psalms 137. When they took them to, ba to Babylon, they said, sing us one of them songs of Zion. Sing us one of them songs of Zion. And they hung their harps on the wheel, and they said, it's hard to sing the songs in a, in a strange land. Verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. First, he says, first praise comes from knowing who God is. He is worthy of all praise. You know what worship is? It has to do with the worth of something. We worship him. He worship. The Lord is God. He is God. He's ruler over all things. This is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Most people don't know him. They don't praise him. Those who do know him do praise him. We praise him for who he is and what he's done. Someone said, listen said the proper way to know ourselves is to study mankind. That's what they think. But the proper study of mankind is to study God. And when you know God, you know who you are. You know you're nothing. That's who you are. And until we know who we are, we'll never praise him for who he is. He is God. Someone said, I thought this was a good statement. Knowledge is the mother of devotion and of all obedience. Blind sacrifices will never please a seeing God. It is he who, it's he, God, that hath made us. We didn't make ourselves. Listen, Proverbs 16, 4, the Lord hath made all things for himself even the wicked for the day 
of evil. Romans chapter 9, verse 20. Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? God takes an old piece of clay, an old piece of dirt, puts a little water on it, and he makes clay. And of the same lump, he puts it on his wheel, and he can make a beautiful flower vase just to put beautiful flowers and roses in. And then the next one, he can take of the same lump, and he can shape it on purpose and make a spit tune where you can spit tobacco juice in it. He can take of the same lump. And can that spit tune look at God and say, why did you make me this way? Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? Those that God chose, they're vessels of honor. They're used for his glory. I tell you how much he, he, he's jealous over his vessels. Ask that king in Babylon when he saw the handwriting on the wall. He was misusing what God had made for his glory. They're his vessels. The vessels are for what? His glory and for his honor, not to just be used any way. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. Ever how he made us. He made you. He made you. And he makes no mistakes. He brought your parents together. He brought their parents together. He brought you here today to make you. Everything that's ever happened in your life happened to make you like you are. We're not ourselves. We can't make one hair white or black. Say, well, I'm sorry my hair's falling out. Well, I'm sorry mine is too. That's just, (laughs) I inherited it from my daddy. Sandy's daddy said he, he figured out what causes baldness. Hair loss. <laughs> we know, I mean. But the Lord made us, even all these things. He, it is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. He chose us by his grace. He bought us with his precious blood. We are his people. And we are the sheep of his pasture. You know, I'm thankful that I was not born the goat. My young middle daughter, Erica, you know, she works for a dentist, and he's very religious, and, you know, Erica struggles a lot of times to know what to say, when to say something, when not to say something. She walked in one day, and he said, uh, you ever heard anything, read anything about sheep in the Bible? And she said, yeah. Yeah, I am. He said, I'm glad I chose to be a sheep. Erica said, really? Erica said, I thought that's the way you were born. You're either born a sheep or you're not. He goes, oh, I never thought about it that way. And that's how it is. Sheep don't become goats and goats don't become sheep. We are, it is he that hath made us. We are not ourselves. We are his people and we are the sheep of his pasture. Can you imagine them old sheep? Sheep have no way to defend themselves. They have no nothing to defend themselves. They're just sheep. They'll wander off first thing you know. They're just plumb off from the rest of the herd. That's us. Prone to wander, Lord, we feel it. But we're his sheep. 
in his pasture. He leads us beside the still waters. He restores our soul. You think what them sheep could say? If they could speak? Well, I'm glad he defeated the wolf. I'm glad he protects me. I'm glad he feeds me. I'm glad he guards me. Who are they going to praise? We ain't going to praise all the sheeps. <laughs> We're going to praise the shepherd of the sheep. We are the sheep of his pasture. We are the sheep of his pasture. Then verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. If anyone in this world ought to be thankful, it is the Lord's people. We're not we become ungrateful or unthankful when we think something is owed to us. Someone said, gratitude is that oil which makes the wheels of life revolve easily. And if anybody ought to be grateful, surely we are the men and women for whom the Lord has done so much. Remember whose gates... You're entering. There was 12 gates for that temple. I'm glad there's gates. We enter through the gates. The gates are Christ. We enter into the gates how? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. You know, I thought one time if we would think a little more, we'd be more thankful. Just to, you know, just sit down and think. Just, just think, just sometime today, maybe this week, can you got just a few minutes? Just, just think. Think where the Lord brought you. Think what he gave you. Just, just think, just think. You know, that's our, we don't even, we get so busy, we don't even have time to think. We think about all the bad things and all you hear is negative. Is anybody got any good news? Well, I'm trying to give you some. Remember, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Let me give you a few verses. Psalm 65, 4, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. Psalms 84, 2, my soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. That's the spirit of grace. You're inside your heart. It cries out for God. That's, you know what that is? That's worship. Worship. Psalms 92, 13, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the court of our God. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Let me just say and remind you that men in their lost state, they are not thankful. 
I want you to see this. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest, and you've heard me say this many times, it's manifested in them, not to them. For God has showed it unto them. What has he revealed unto them? For the invisible things of God from the creation of the world are seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his, even God's eternal power and Godhead, so that all men are without excuse. All men, I don't care where they live, they are without excuse. I don't care if there's some pygmy somewhere in third, some third world country, they are without excuse. They cannot stand before God and say, I didn't know who you are. They might not know about who he is personally and his characteristics, but they know there's a God. That's why they go through their emotions of worshiping some type of God. Even before we come to this country, the people who lived here in this country, how they got here, we don't know. God did. He put them here. You know what they did? They worshiped that other spirit. That's how all men do. But he said, but they are without excuse. Let me say this. They have no excuse not to praise him. There's no excuse. Men love to make excuses, don't they? Well, I don't know. I don't know this and whatever. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. If you don't get anything else from the message today, you remember this. There's no excuse from anybody for not praising and worshiping and giving thanksgiving unto God. Because, verse 21, that when they knew God, oh, they did know God. Yes, they knew about God. That's why he said they're without excuse. The problem is they don't like what they know about God. They don't like it that he is God. They glorified him not as God. What does it mean to glorify him? Thanksgiving, honor him. That's glorifying him. I want you to see this, that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Don't you see them next three words? Neither were thankful. Isn't it ironic the first thing the Spirit of God mentions is, out of all the many sins that there would be, and he could mention, the first one he mentions, they're not thankful. They're not thankful for what? That God is God. They're not thankful that God rules and reigns over all things. They're not thankful. Because many have been told, and we're not, we, listen, I know we always talk about people somewhere else who's never heard the gospel. Well, what about people here in the United States who have heard the gospel? They're not thankful. They want to believe in a God who, who ought, ought to save everybody and ought to give everybody a chance. Salvation is not by chance. It's by God's choice. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish hearts were darkened. Men think God just owes it to them. If God, you know what God owes us all? 
wrath and judgment. That's what that's what that's what we deserve. That's what he owes us. Owes us, and they were not thankful. I'm not done. Now turn over to Second Timothy chapter three. Now this is how God describes them. Second Timothy three verse one. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. That's not just in the last few days. That's you know this is from the time of Christ until now. In the last days, perilous times gonna come. What what kind of perilous times? How how what are we gonna describe perilous times? For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Oh, men love themselves. Oh, I thought we were supposed to worship. You know. The old writers used to say, you know what man's chief end is? To glorify God. They want their lovers of self. Self. Self-love. Covetous. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Blaspheming who? Hey, blaspheme God's name. Hey, take his name in vain. They said God didn't do that. They're disobedient to parents. I've never seen a generation like the day in which we live. Disobedient to parents, it's like, and no matter what the parent says, they just, it's just awful. Why is that God leaves people alone? They're not, they're not thankful for their parents. You know, I had, to grow, I had to grow up before I appreciated my parents. My mom died when I was early. I didn't have much chance to spend with her. I barely even remember her. But my dad, I wished I, I wished I had respected him more, but there's nothing I can do about it now. Disobedient to parents. I remember the first time he let me drive his pickup, went out to the junior-senior prom, and this idiot didn't come in until about 1.30 in the morning. Well, did you not expect him to be mad? No, I didn't. <laughs> that was my father. I should have been thankful that, that he let me take his pickup, that he had to drive every day to work, but was I thankful? Oh, no disobedient to parents because I thought I was in love with Mike Walker. Lovers of self. Disobedient to parents and what's the next one? Unthankful. Unholy. Without natural affection. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers are those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Now, who is this describing? People living out on the streets, out in the slums? Oh, no. These are people that go to church every Sunday who have a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. I'm thankful. God forgive us. God forgive us. I'm putting myself with every one of us. God forgive us of our ungratefulness. God help us to be thankful. Verse 5, for the Lord is good. He's good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth all generations. 
The Lord is good. The Bible says he went about doing good. What does it mean he's good? He's, he's kind. He's gracious. He sends the rain on the just and on the unjust. He's good in his providence. He's the good shepherd that lays down his life for the sheep. He's the good Samaritan who pours oil and wine of his love and grace into the wounds. He, Lord, is good. His mercy is everlasting. He's not just a God that is stern and cold and and full of wrath. He's mercy. Mercy. He delights to show mercy. He has God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. His mercy, think about this, his mercy endureth forever. What a reason to praise him. Mercy, yeah. David, you're not going to die. You know what that is? That's mercy. There is, you know what, when we come into that place of his presence, you know what that is? You know what is in there? It's called a mercy seat where the blood was sprinkled. You know who the mercy seat is? It's him. His mercy endureth forever. And then his truth endureth to all generations. This is his truthfulness, his faithfulness, and he is faithful. His truth endureth to all generations. The seed of the woman's going to bruise the head of the serpent, and it come to pass. I will never leave you nor forsake you. His truth endureth. It's still enduring. To every generation of his people. To all generations. Look at the generations and it still rings true. He is the unchanging God. You know something to be thankful for? You better thank God a million times that he don't change. We do change. Our feelings change. We're, we're so fickle. We're, we're, we do. That's us. But he, he said, I am the Lord. You listen to this in the book of Malachi. I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. He's never altered. There's no shadow of turning. His truth endured through every generation. Praise ye the Lord. Let us be thankful unto him and bless his name. Let me give you one more verse in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything, whatever it is, give thanks. Well, I don't know about that. You know, I know Job made a lot of mistakes. But when the Lord took everything he had, you know what he did? He thanked him. The Lord gave. And the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Who can do that? I can tell you what, only grace can do that. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 
concerning you. This is God's will concerning you. This is God's will concerning you. It's just for you. And you know what? I think there's a lot of reasons. I know he sends them, sends things so that we will trust him. And he sends things so we will acknowledge that all things we have come from him. We're the sheep of his pasture. We're his people. We didn't make ourselves. We're not keeping ourselves. God help us to be thankful. You know, I'm, let me say this. I'm thankful to you. I'm thankful God brought us together. I mean, I really mean that. I'm thankful we're part of a family. I'm glad he keeps us together. I'm thankful. The good times and the bad times, he still keeps us. And he always will. And he brings us through things to teach us. I'll take care of you. My mercy endures forever. Because you know what we need every day? Mercy. Someone said, you know what we are? We're mercy beggars. We're at the door of his grace, and we're just begging for mercy.